This is Friends Who Talk About Money from John Hancock, a show where we take on the money taboo and celebrate the power of financial conversations in all their honest, awkward, and inspirational glory. I'm your host, Claire Wasserman, writer, career coach, and financial advocate. Deciding to grow your family is a big decision. After all, having kids changes everything socially, emotionally, and you guessed it, financially. On today's episode, longtime friends Anna, a mother of four, and Tiana, who's pregnant with baby number one, are used to talking about almost everything except their finances. With Tiana expecting her first child in a matter of weeks, now is the perfect time for them to talk money. And who better to learn from than a friend who's already been through it? I'll also chat with Carly Leahy, co-founder of Modern Fertility, about how money can heavily influence plans for growing your family. Time to talk money. Hi, Tiana and Anna. So I'm excited to have you here, not just because your names rhyme, but we are going to have an awesome conversation. Uh, But first, I want you to tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, So I'll start with you, Tiana. Yes, um, I am Tiana. I'm born and raised in Oakland, California, but I'm growing and adulting in Brooklyn, New York, where I live now. Um, My job, I am the executive director for an awesome organization called Built by Girls. And what we do is support young women and non-binary students who are looking for help as they step boldly into their first internship or job. Um, What's been top of mind for me is this great new venture that I'm going on uh, with my husband. We are expecting our first child, a baby boy, and I'm due actually in three weeks. So I'm equal parts excited and terrified at this point. Hey, Anna, tell us about yourself and, you know, how you and Tiana met. Well, a little bit about me. Um, I, too, am born and raised in Oakland. Um, I haven't hit the adult section of my life yet, I'd like to think. But um, Tiana and I actually, um, we became very close. My husband um, grew up, or not grew up, they went to college all together um, and Um, I was lucky enough to kind of become a part of their little family that they created. And um, her and I got very close um, due to that. So we have been friends now for over a decade. I have a gaggle of kids. We have four uh, collectively. I have two stepchildren who are 12 and 14. And uh, we made two more on the back end, and they are five and six. Um, and they're a lot of fun. And it, I mean, honestly, our house is, I can't believe I got it quite enough to be able to do this podcast. Um, but they're, they're great. And each range or each age brings a different, um, challenge, not just educationally or, you know, emotionally, but financially as well, just moving through the years. So Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Tiana, this is your first child. Uh, do you, can you foresee having any more in the future or just kind of taking one at a time? Oh yeah. Stopping a hard stop right here at one. Uh, <laughs> my husband and I weren't really sure that we wanted to have, uh, you know, kids in the first place, but we opened up opened ourselves up to the idea. Um, And now having experiencing pregnancy for the first time, I'm pretty sure one and done for sure. 
did you consult each other before getting pregnant for you? Tiana, was was Anna somebody that you, you know, relied on as you each month went by? Absolutely. Um, asking, I, I, we, Anna and I are a part of this beautiful group of, uh, there are five of us. Um, and we, I, I, I ask them everything. All of them have children except for me. I'm the last one. And I have to, I, I mean, it would be silly of me for, for me not to ask them. And especially with Anna, you know, raising four, I made sure to ask her t- too many questions. <laughs> Has money been part of those conversations? You know, those questions that you've asked Tiana, any of it around, you know, dollar and cents here? N- not one. And I'm realizing that as you as you just asked it, it's so strange to me how I've asked Anna about you know um, what it was like to grow a human and or what it was like to um, you know deal with a teenager, but I've never asked her about how her life changed from being in de- being independent, you know, um, taking care of herself after she was done with school or even what it was like stepping into marriage and having, you know, inheriting two beautiful stepchildren, what that was like where your or when her finances changed. I never, I never once have asked her about money. Mm. Um, do you, do you talk about money much with, with your husband? Me, um, all the time. My husband's obsessed with money. <laughs> he's uh, he's a financial like analyst or, you know, businessman at heart. So I uh, went to school for it as well, even, you know, getting his master's. So we talk about it a lot. Uh, he's really, to be honest, the expert in the house about it. So do you talk to him about preparing financially for, for having a child? I'm putting us out there. We have not talked about it. Um, I know that we together have worked on building up a significant savings so that we can um, have a little bit more freedom when it comes to where we decide we want to live, whether it be in this country um, that truly tries your patience every day, or if it's whether or not we want to move outside of it. Um, we have uh, talked a little bit about you know saving for education, but that's really it when it comes to how we will feed him. Um, or even where he'll go to school, not just thinking about college, but like if we goes if he goes to private school or public school, we haven't really talked much about that at all. Ooh, we sound so unprepared. Claire, you are exposing. <laughs> no, no, you know what? You know what? You're prepared to have the conversation now. Mm. That's the positive way of looking at it. Either that or this is a, a financial intervention. I think that so. it's the latter. <laughs> <laughs> Um, okay, well, uh, Anna, you are the resident expert right now. So, what do you wish that you had known about money and kids before you had them? Uh, and then let, let's see if we can get Tiana ready to go. Well, you know, you, you, I grew up around a big family, and there's um, not in the figures and like actual dollars and cents uh, amounts, but you always hear people talk about like, wow, kids are expensive and babies are expensive. And there's no, there's no way to actually um, really truly understand it and like take it to heart until you're placed in that situation where you're looking forward and this is your, you know, not so far future. Um, but it's, um, I think it's one of those things where it's really nerve wracking and you can either completely, you know, avoid it or have as little conversation about it as possible and internally freak out, or you can really, it makes you hunker down and 
kind of um, mature really quickly in the finance department. So for us, <laughs> that's kind of what I um, walked into when my hus- when I met my husband. He already had two children, and um, he had them very young. And he was one of those people that just just completely leaned into being financially responsible, um, planning for the future, you know, working literally three jobs, any waking moment he could, he was putting in employee hours, um, and looking at what job will give me benefits, what job, like really prepping to see, um, how he could position himself, um, as a parent and to be able to provide uh, not just financially for school, but healthcare and dental and vision and all the things that don't really, aren't really a topic of conversation. So I was lucky enough to um, be a part of that. And I had a lot of growing up to do myself because um, I had, I wasn't educated in that area whatsoever. So he taught me a lot in that regard. I'm curious, how did how did your finances change from having no kids to two and then four and, and they're all at different stages? Finances changed a lot. I actually uh, came from a background of fine dining um, and it was large amounts of quick money. And sometimes it was cash, some, like it was very easy to recoup finances um, and hard to deposit that much cash and not just keep it on hand for useless needs. Um, but I came from that mindset ever since I started making money. So it was easy to kind of recoup. Um, and once I got married and we started having children of our own, I was lucky enough to be able to stay at home with them and plan on being home. Um, but we, I didn't have, I didn't have the tools or the, the, you know, future site to be able to say like, wow, we really need to save and this is going to cost how much and when does this come up? And it was, um, it took a lot of guidance from both my husband and then just also the, um, leaning into my own, um, anxiousness about if we were going to be okay and making sure we were okay for a long time. So finances, finances changed. There were a lot of hard lessons, um, during the pregnancy, but it wasn't until I really started to um, manage the checkbook and really like take ownership in literally register, like writing down everything, documenting where our all of our money went. Um, I I didn't have a good picture, and it was just this thing of like my same mentality. Oh, we'll recoup it fast. Oh, it's fine. We can do it. Like and taking ownership in that and being becoming a part of that responsibility really opened my eyes to where all of our money goes and how quickly. Tiana, have you done anything like that where you look into your fine? I mean, I'm going to just assume you have because of your husband, but really sitting in, digging in, where does your money go? Is that is that something that you do? It is. Um, we He's done a really good job of helping me kind of develop my own budget um, and I really started to to do that. I would say probably in the last, probably like two years ago, I really sat down and actually created a budget for myself with his help. 
Um, and especially with us, you know, having this dream or desire to own a home again, um, we, I really wanted to make sure that I was doing my part to ensure I was contributing to our savings. When you look at your budget, have you carved out anything you might need to sacrifice in anticipation of having children? Excellent question. Shopping, yes. I'm obsessed. I have slowed down tremendously within the past two years because of the budget that we created. Um, and then 100% at the top of this year, because I knew I was having a son and because I knew education was so expensive and I'm strongly considering uh, private school, that it just stopped all of, everything in its tracks. I've become super frugal now. Mm-hmm. So, so do you have a baby budget? No. What is that? I don't know. I just made it up. A budget for a baby. I don't know. I like alliterations. But yeah, a a separate budget anticipating what your finances are going to look like, you know, one years old, two years old. I I mean, well, one, absolutely. I have assessed mostly from a diaper perspective. (laughs) Hear me out. I think it's insane that for a newborn, you will be changing their diaper roughly eight to 12 times. And you'll also be feeding them roughly around eight to 12 times. So I was looking into how many diapers I'd probably have to purchase on a monthly basis. And so I've started from that. I've started there. Um, I think we're at the very beginning of this baby budget because- just seeing how much diapers cost and then how frequently I'll be buying them. Yeah. It's crazy. Anna, I'm curious, what do you remember, if at all, of what your budget was, your baby budget, the first year um, when your child was born? Yeah. The first year is by far the most expensive. Um, And it tapers off after that. But whatever your diaper budget is, double it. The other thing is too, is there's a very clear line between like what you want and what you need. And I had to check myself so many times and in a lot of ways, there's things that come up that you didn't know that you needed. Right. And it all like, it depends on where you are in life or where the baby is. Like maybe the baby doesn't need a $200 budget for pacifiers. Like maybe he won't want that. Or maybe, you know, he'll end up wanting you know, only the organic food. And then that's gonna, you know, I mean, I hope all of it's organic, just PS, but like it's, (laughs) but it just, it'll change and it'll morph and you kind of have to roll with it. But like to make sure that you're checking yourself, like what's a want, what's a, what's an actual need? What does the baby need? So even as they get older and you go through these stages, the, the amounts or the, um, the priority for what you want to put money towards in every case is is um is ever changing and like just being open and ready to have the conversation um and also to not be to- tied to any one specific thing or if there's a really high priority like really trying to make that work and seeing where you can save in different areas or even just you know stop paying altogether Anna's our expert here. Is there anything that you want to know that you think she can give you based on her own experience when it comes to money? I mean, to be honest with you, I am sitting here getting schooled and taking down copious notes as she talks now, literally as she's answering your questions, questions that I should have been asking her before I got knocked up. So this has been very, very helpful. Um, I I did want to go back to, you know, um, what you were talking about in the early stages, because 
for for Bora and I, for my husband and I, we have actively kind of decided to just wait on to spend on certain things. It doesn't matter if it's you know, random gadgets. Hey, you know, the latest snoo is $1,400, but it really helps you save on sleep. Like I'm not paying that. Like, so I'm, I'm like, I'm, <laughs> I'm taking my time to really see what, 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 one, what matters most to me. So is sleep really that valuable? Um, or, Probably. you know, yes. you know, I have <laughs> a very strong feeling it's going to be a, yeah. Um, but, and then, and then two, what are some things that are beyond my control? So I would love to, to dive in deeper there again, just to see what were some things that you, what's something that you thought you needed and you got it and you, you realized you really didn't. I think the expectation versus like what the reality is are, are kind of, um, it's hard to d- distinguish between them, especially beforehand, because once you're in it, you you realize how quickly the time goes by and how you are kind of just happy to being at home and happy. You use these same three burp cloths because they're your favorite and they're the softest, or you really only put them in you know those white Gerber onesies that are you know they sell them in a ten pack or something, and you don't need the frills and you don't need the all the things that you envisioned that you would need or pictured that the baby would be dressed in or using. It was dependent on the baby. It was dependent on our situation. It was dependent on our like living situation, a lot of it at the time. So it's um, it's really hard to be able to plan for the unknown in general. And I think our mentality was to just be super frugal with all the dollars that were going out. Um, and you know, just we've positioned ourselves now as, you know, I use it loosely, adults. And there's, if when Talia broke her arm, it was a cost for every single transaction that we had to deal with the hospital. And it was a co-payment, but it was like a pretty good co-payment. Like all of those were not expected. They were not um, planned in our monthly budget that we were expecting money, how much money to go out. So it is very um, hard to plan for the unknown, but the best advice that I got was just, I think it was, I think it was actually just from Hector, my husband. He basically was like, we're going to position ourselves so that we are as stable as possible, but we're also going to be open to really making adjustments where needed. So I definitely have a question regarding planning. Um, So my husband and I have always really led with this understanding that we don't know what we don't know. So sometimes it's hard to plan so far in advance um, on certain things. For the example, um, for example, education, like whether or not we want our kid to go to private school or public school. So just with your experience, um, and ha- having to prep and plan with you know your children, did you find it more beneficial when you took enough time to really think uh, things through and on certain major milestones, or did you find it better to to talk about these discuss or have discuss these things as they were approaching? If that makes any sense. Sure. Yeah. It as we went through this journey at the start. 
And also I think our situation was unique because we had my two stepchildren that were also like going through school and, and, um, already in that stage in life. Um, I went, I grew up going to public, I'm sorry, private school. And my husband grew up going to public school and both of us loved our experiences. So we had talked a lot about what we wanted for the children, especially as far as education went. And we had, you know, the best laid plans. Um, but I think that they were different visions throughout our conversations. Um, I modified like what my expectation was, um, and where I wanted the girls to be watching, um, my stepchildren go through the public school system and how like well-rounded and supported and uh, what great students they were, I was less afraid of what I didn't know about or what I hadn't experienced through private school. And we modified that and we made that choice. And um, my my girls got grandfathered in because of my stepchildren actually, um, because and they were able to go to they are able to go to a great public school, but it would have it would have required a lot more conversations as far as like I probably would have had to have gotten a different job or somebody would have had to got, have gotten a third job um, because private school is is very expensive. So I think that there were a lot of things in life that I planned for that they needed right away versus like them having a little bit of time and just to roll with the punches as best we could until that point and then plan for the stage where it was this is our hard line but you're right like it you don't know what you don't know and you won't know until you're in that situation um but I'm really happy that I was open and not so hard-lined to make sure that we put them in private school right at kindergarten. That's helpful. It, like, what I'm pulling from it is just the importance of being flexible. Like you can have an idea all you want, but it's critical that you be flexible to some degree because you never know what you'll, what the situation will call, like, call for or, you know, what you'll learn and how you may need to just kind of adapt. So how did having your first money conversation feel? It's weird that we'd never done it before and absolutely wonderful um, because I just learned so much about clearly a topic that <laughs> I, I need to become more and more um, aware of and knowledgeable about. So I really enjoyed it. I did too. I feel like it's the first of many. Like we came from a background where you didn't really talk about money. Like it was kind of a private topic. And now I just think it's you know, it's totally beneficial to all of us if we just, you know, I have some insight to share. You have questions to ask. So, yeah. Okay. Now we've got some fun questions to wrap it up here. Um, what was your last text conversation about? Oh, no. I think there was a she shed in there. and a- <laughs> We did talk about a she shed for some random reason. Okay. And then travel restrictions aside, describe the next vacation that you would take together. Oh, 
Oh, we have so many plans. So well, many. And, and would the kids be there or would this just be for the moms? No. So we follow a variety of different travel accounts. And so whenever we find something that's just incredible, we'll pass it to one another. And lately we've been passing um, trips to, to Italy, I believe in Spain to each other. So we'll, we'll probably choose one of those two beautiful um, countries. Um for, sh- for sure, we would not bring the children. Uh, they would have to stay home. Amazing. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you for having us. This has been so great and also like wonderful milestone in our friendship too. This has been a lot of fun. I'm so excited to have Carly Leahy here with us today as our expert guest. Carly is the co-founder and CCO of Modern Fertility, a women's health company designed to make fertility information more accessible for women everywhere. Thanks, Carly, for being here. Hi, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Tiana and Anna talked a lot about unexpected costs. So in your opinion, what are the biggest financial hurdles for future parents? Yeah, so of course, everyone's financial hurdles are completely unique, but I think many of us think about things like childcare and just buying all the things, right? Like getting the diapers, getting the stroller. Um, And in our our modern state of fertility report, which I think we'll talk about a little bit more, 75% of people said they view childcare costs as the biggest financial burden. So I think that you know, how am I going to, how am I going to adjust my life and make sure that I have somebody taking, taking care of my child. I can keep, keep up with my career. I can do all the things at once is definitely one of those big questions. But I also think one of the most challenging financial hurdles is one that can often be unexpected. So the journey to actually building that family. Um, and that is, that is what we talk about all the time at Modern Fertility. So we're waiting longer to have kids, right? We've got we've got stuff to do. And unfortunately, that has meant that one in six couples is experiencing infertility. So it's it's really important to get ahead of thinking about, you know, what's going on in your body, what the plan might be, uh, and start to wrap your mind around you know, what might it take to build the kind of family that I that I want to build. Um you know, having having to struggle with infertility and pay out of pocket, you're already kind of in this hole that you you didn't expect to be in before the kid even arrives. So that is something we're 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 trying to help women and their partners definitely get ahead of. So so you mentioned this survey that you did, which was called the Modern State of Fertility 2020 Career and Money, which I just really appreciated that you linked those things together, right? They're not separate. You don't have your career and money and kids in some kind of silo. Uh, but as part of your survey, I know that you surveyed thousands of women about how career and money influenced their plans for children. Um, can you talk a little bit more about your findings? Yeah, of course. So every year we do an annual Modern State of Fertility Research Report, and we explore a different cultural element of fertility. There's so many facets, as you said, it's, it is not siloed. It is, it is, it is very complicated. And this year we focused on that intersection of fertility, careers, money. And in January, we interviewed 2000 women between the ages of 20 and 45. And then, and, you know, we actually had done all of our analysis and our findings and we were ready to go. And then COVID, (laughs) right? Um, happens. And in March, the world sort of turns upside down. And we knew that 
that would change everything about what we were asking people uh, as it related to finances and fertility and building your family. So we actually went back out and redid the entire the entire study. Um, and a few of the things that you know were were super relevant, sort of generally. 49% of participants were actively delaying having kids. And the top two reasons were both money related. So, you know, 60% wanting more money saved just in general, have that sort of um, have that have that safety net and and 51% wanting to earn a higher salary first. I know we're sort of nerding out on numbers here, but income bracket didn't really have an impact on delaying. So a woman making $25,000 a year was just as likely to be delaying as someone making $200,000 a year. So it really is personal and it's based on your own context. There's, there, there is sort of this like universal thought of there's never a right time to have a kid because it's all dependent on, um, it's all dependent on so many factors. So there's no golden ticket for, I feel secure. I'm good to go. Um, very personal. When you asked respondents how they were covering fertility costs, that 77% said that they're actually dipping into their savings accounts or their 401ks. So how could parents plan for fertility costs so that they don't have to sacrifice other long-term goals? Yeah, I think I think being proactive as early as you can is 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 is, is really is all you can do and is the best thing you can do. So um I think we are taught first for some reason, that um, you sort of will be bequeathed with a child one day <laughs> and it just kind of happens. And, you know, you've really got to prevent pregnancy before that, but it's this quick switch from prevention to actually needing tools to be able to plan. And there are things you can do. And at Modern Fertility, our core experience is a fertility hormone test you can take at home that helps you understand, here's my baseline. And we have found with with our customers, with our community, when women, when women are able to dig into the actual science in their own bodies, that is the most empowering thing you can do to plan out whatever it is in your life, whether you know it ends up being finances related to your family, your career, buying a house, what have you. Something that I thought was super interesting was that Tiana and Anna really never talked about finances. And, you know, they've been friends for a long time and Anna has four kids. So, you know, do you have suggestions for how couples and friends can kind of break this taboo? Money is so taboo. It's it's like politics, you know. It's the, it's the it's a, it's a place you don't go. Well, and now we, we're going there. Now we're we're talking about that. <laughs> we're going there, and and we we did see this come up in modern state of fertility. We saw we saw some interesting sort of um, comparisons. So it, people are more likely to share about plans for kids, even if you know you know, having a, pre- having a pregnancy during work can feel a little intimate, you know, more likely to talk about plans for kids, even experiences with infertility than talk about finances or debt. So there's something truly, you know, still very taboo about that. Um, one other really interesting tidbit, um, people are about as open to talking about money at work as they are crying at work. So We've, we have, uh, we have as part of modern fertility, part of sort of what we're all about is starting a dialogue about this stuff earlier. And part of that is building a community where it's a group of people trying to figure this stuff out. And when you come into our community and you see women saying, Hey, here's where I am. I just got engaged. I'm not exactly sure. Or, you know, I just lost my job. It, it, it helps. It helps you. Even if you, you're not the type to continue posting and like, you don't want to be vulnerable in that way, you can read and glean other people's, other people sort of working through all of this because it's complicated for everyone. 
it's difficult for everyone. So we're trying to we're trying to sort of build resources and tools and community to open up these conversations so so that nobody feels like a financial issue has to be a big secret. I, I really, really hope that we'll we'll be able to talk through these things and there will be better resources. Is there anything else you think our audience should hear? I would just say we talk all the time about how fertility, being proactive about fertility is just like being proactive about your finances. We 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 make that analogy all the time because you want to set yourself up for success. You know that unless you take some action, you know, things don't magically happen. You've got to you've got to you got to you got to do some work to dig into it just to understand and it's totally up to you, you know, how much or how little you you decide to do. Um, but it's the same with, you know, with fertility, you, you, you don't just assume you're going to have a bunch of money at retirement. You, you make sure that that happens. So you can be proactive about that part of your life, just like you're proactive about so many other things, whether it's, you know, your health or your finances. Awesome. Thanks so much, Carly, for being here. Thank you. We are so grateful to mom and mom-to-be, Anna and Tiana, for their openness during their very first Money Talk. Here's to many more. And a big thanks to Carly for sharing her knowledge on how to navigate family planning with your finances in mind. Thanks for listening. We'll be back soon with more Money Talk. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the speakers at the time of recording and are subject to change as market and other conditions warrant. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended to be nor shall it be interpreted or construed as a recommendation or providing advice, impartial or otherwise, regarding any specific product or security. Unless otherwise noted, the speakers are not affiliated with John Hancock and they may have been compensated for their time.